Hello, and welcome to the Red Mountain Community Church podcast, where you can hear conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church as we pursue Jesus together. Each episode highlights what God has been doing in someone's life or a specific theme in light of what God has revealed in the Bible. I'm Peter France, and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co-host today is Zach Hollyfield, our pastor of young adults. Zach. How are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal. It's good to be back. We are heading into the Christmas season. I don't know. Well, I launch into Christmas like right after, like starting Black Friday. We call that opening ceremonies. Yeah, we, we, do, we do Saturday because Cindy does a Thanksgiving on Friday. Her family does. So we treat the day after Thanksgiving for okay. us as Christmas time. Nice. So are there like any kind of particular annual traditions coming up that you're looking forward to or foods or anything like that something recurring that's christmasy or associated with christmas um we kind of do a lot of the traditions on that saturday putting up the tree we watch elf while we do that let the kids kind of put ornaments on and then um honestly yeah i think besides getting together with family we don't have a ton of christmasy traditions yet but i think we're like a young family with kids that this is the time now to begin forming those so that's kind of a we'll do something and we'll be like oh this should be like a new tradition and so i'm kind of excited to start forming those traditions for our family yeah it's the i think as i just saw like it's the 20th anniversary of elf this year wow which means I'm going to die very soon. <laughs> oh my gosh, 20 That's years. hard to believe. Oh. But you watch it and you see that. I like we watched it like on Saturday as I mentioned and I was like that's hard to believe that's Zoe De Chanel. Oh yeah, yeah. Cuz she looks just very different. Yeah. Now. So, this yeah. is interesting. So, that actually um segues beautifully wow. into the irresistible <laughs> question, which is which Christmas time movie is your favorite yeah. and why? Um, I hope my wife is not listening because she absolutely disagrees with me on this. Um, but it is, I hope I get the name right. Cause it's kind of long, but the national lampoons oh, Christmas vacation. Yes. I oh love that movie Oh man, it's so much. I think it's so funny. My dad loved it. So we would watch it as a family. Um, that, that would have to be my go-to Christmas. Movie. Although I also love, uh, love actually, which is my wife's favorite. So she's kind of converted me to that. To movie. to which one? Love actually. Oh, love actually. Yeah. Is that a Christmas movie? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, it's uh, Christmas isn't the main plot, but it's the background. Yes. And it's more about love, but yeah, it's definitely in the background. And so. that totally counts. Like for years ago, I started making a list of movies that I could justifiably call Christmas movies because mm-hmm. they have a Christmas element of some kind. Yeah. And so I have a list of weird sci-fi, fantasy, well, not fantasy so much, sci-fi, horror movies. There's some superhero movies in there. Iron Man 3 takes place during Christmas. But like the one that I think of, that I, it's, it's I, favorite is hard to say because like some of these movies, you watch them so many times that it, it, it becomes a tradition at some yeah. point. And mm-hmm. the, like, that's why actually it's one reason why I don't watch Elf every year because I'm like, okay, I do not want these jokes to be too familiar to me. Sure. I need to take two or three years off, you know? Understandable. Um, that would probably be my favorite in terms of the most enjoyable Christmas mm-hmm. movie yeah. that I've ever watched. But in terms of like the favorite that has been most consistently part of my Christmas, Batman Returns. <laughs> Amazing. I, I knew I didn't know what you were going to say, but... I, <laughs> I should have known. Which has this great backdrop of Christmas and like it's even like in the script, certain elements of it are coming into the script and jokes that are based on it, you know. And I mean, you know, the black crud coming out of Penguin's mouth isn't super Christmassy, but I'm willing to roll with that, you know, for the sake of all the other 
awesome Batman goodness. That's that's so on brand. I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, as a reminder, you can message us on Instagram or Facebook with suggestions for fun things we could talk about or do instead of mentioning black crud coming out of Penguin's mouth. <laughs> um, so that's on you if you want something different. You know, I still might mention black crud coming out of penguin's mouth so i guess it's not a guarantee i'm presenting here but anyway yeah let us know on instagram or facebook if you have any suggestions for fun things we can do or talk about but for now we are going to move things along earlier uh zach and i spent some time talking with gwen haas about her really interesting journey to faith and then just kind of the aftermath Mm -hmm. of coming to faith and what that resulted in her life, her relationships, her priorities. There's a a whole lot going on in this story that I think a lot of you guys in different ways are going to be able to relate to. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's that conversation now. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for doing this. And I appreciate you just being willing to sit down and have a mic shoved in your face and do this weird thing that is podcasting. So thanks for kind of going out on the limb with us here. Yeah, this is my first time doing a podcast, so. <laughs> Welcome. Well, as soon, like as soon as you came in and sat down, I was like, immediately I wanted to like, uh, after introducing myself, like ask questions, but I was like, oh, I can't ask those questions yet because they're like part of the the, yeah. the podcast, you know? So I was just kind of like tapping my feet, like, let's get started, you know? Because uh, I've, I've heard just a little bit of the skeleton of kind of your story. And so I'm just interested in just kind of hearing more and, and letting you kind of flesh things out. But I want to start with just uh, giving people a snapshot um, of where you're at in life right now, you know, like whatever kind of work is keeping you busy or whatever else is keeping you busy, family members, et cetera, however you'd want to in a nutshell describe, this is my stage of life and my situation, you know, or whatever. I would describe my stage of life as almost Bible college dropout. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Does that mean like, are you currently in Bible college and considering dropping out? So I have spent the previous two years living in California, attending Calvary Chapel Bible College and was planning on being out there the full four years, but just a lot of God's sovereignty and and man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps brought me back here. Okay. And so now I'm working at Red Mountain Community Church, Okay. still wanting to finish my bachelor's degree. Uh Uh-huh. Question mark. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll get to that then. Um, how? So you you said you coming back here. So that says to me you started here. How did you end up at Red Mountain Community Church? So I was a part of a church plant growing up, or my parents were. I was just a part of it because I was their kid. Yeah. Um, and that ended up dissolving when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Okay. And we checked out a couple different churches, but um, couldn't really pick one. And it was, uh, I want to say it was like the beginning of the school year. So things were just hectic. And my uncle Tobin is on the elder board here. Okay. Tobin Cookman. Okay. Yeah. And we were like, we're just going to come here until we find an actual church that we want to go to. Okay. And then we came and we didn't leave. Okay. So this was the actual church okay. that we were looking All for, right. I guess. Okay, nice. So um, I, a big part, as I understand it, of your story is just kind of like how you 
either came to faith in Jesus or how your faith kind of uh, was kind of uh, lit on fire in a new way. I don't know how you would describe it. So I just want to kind of give you the floor to like mm-hmm. talk about how did you initially come to faith in Jesus? And if that kind of bleeds into, you know, uh, another significant part, I know that your mission trip to Latvia is a big part of your story. So I guess wherever things land in there, I, I just want to hear about it. So yeah, whatever you have to say about those things. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of people who grew up in Christian homes would resonate with me in the sense that I don't have like a fall down on my face at an altar call moment where I'm like, this is immediately the moment and my life was 180 after that. I did have a moment in my life that spurred dramatic change. Mm -hmm. And that was my trip to Latvia when I was a, in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Okay. That being said, I was baptized when I was seven or or eight years old and made a proclamation of faith. I don't see any evidence that I believed what I said Hmm. after that point. Okay. I, yeah, have a pretty distinct memory in especially junior high years of just, really being angry at God hmm. and not wanting to be involved in church activities at all. Huh. My parents had to drag me to church. <laughs> do you, as you think back, do you remember at all why that was you felt that way? Um, yeah, there, I think that there was, uh, some church hurt from mm. my, from the previous, uh, church that I'd been a part of that had ended up dissolving. Okay. Um, and I had this posture in my mind that if, that if, if these are the people calling themselves like the representatives of God, then I don't want to know that God yeah. and I don't want to be a part of these people. Mm, yeah. So mm. yeah, it was a lot of just anger built up because of that. I mean, junior high, like reflecting on it, I think that also just, I was kind of figuring out how to be a person because mm. that's kind of what those years are. Like you have like, sure. it almost feels like cognitive thinking for the mm. first time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you just are like, oh my gosh, I've been doing all these things and now I have to decide if I'm going to keep on doing them. Mm. And, mm. and, and you just, you have to make a decision. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. And my parents were like, you're going to. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So then, okay. So while you're kind of in that mode, I assume in some sense that mode continued into, uh, you said high school was when the Latvia trip happened? Yeah. So how do you end up feeling that way and going on a mission trip to Latvia? <laughs> so... Junior high years, I took a I hate God type of stance. And into high school years, it kind of bled more into I'm I'm spiritual. Okay. I think a lot of people, a lot of young people are saying that now, sure. being like, maybe there's a deity, maybe there's all these kinds of I don't know. Like like there's there's a spiritual realm. It sounds cool to say that, and so people yeah. want to say it. Yeah. And was really into Zodiac stuff. Okay. And was was really just dipping my feet in the new age world while simultaneously coming to Tuesday nights, coming to Sunday mornings. Gotcha. And I had a way of kind of either zoning out on a Sunday morning or the ones I did pay attention, like looking for like abstract spiritual truths Hmm. and being like, Oh, like this is a good, this is a morally good thing. Mm -hmm. I can apply this to my life. And that was, I would say the extent of my involvement given 
all of a lot of my friends were a part of the church, but I did kind of have the double life thing going. Okay, from from church to school, uh, and yeah, just got involved with with just a, a not very positive group of people. Okay, at, at high school and kind of just the whole spiritual thing just turned into the whole, I don't know, weird hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The weird hippie thing. Um, And, but I had family members who had gone to Latvia in the past and who had come back really excited about that trip. Hmm. And I had also just heard all of the share nights, the testimonies, seen the pictures, all that kind of stuff. But didn't really have an interest to go. Okay. Until my youth pastor at the time was advertising like this year's up and coming trip and was encouraging me to go. Mm. And I was a little bit shocked when he was doing that mm. because I felt like who I was was pretty well known by my group. In like, terms of like you like what where you were at where you what your beliefs were and like and in terms of my character in terms of your character okay yeah okay yeah in terms of my character I just like was not I was not the student that I would feel comfortable with now gotcha. inviting to go on a missions trip okay. I'll say that much okay <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah and then my and then my small group leaders all start encouraging me and all this kind of stuff and I'm just like why is everyone wanting me to go on this trip Mm. and wasn't really sure why I was even thinking about going what were do you remember what they were saying like the purpose of the trip was maybe not you for you specifically but just like as someone in the role they were inviting you to take on do you remember how they described what the purpose of that was? Be a part of this camp was the okay. big was the big thing that I heard. Be a part of this camp, serve. Okay. Serve and I'm I'm sure that they talked about sharing the gospel and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I couldn't have articulated to you at the time though what sure. the gospel really was. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um and so yeah, kind of just preparing for the trip. I was in this kind of internal wrestle mm. of I kind of ultimately ended up deciding to go because I wanted a free trip to Europe. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of embarrassing to say. But yeah, I was like, when else am I going to get this experience? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I am willing to bet large sums of money that I don't have that like you're not alone in that. In like, in like <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, free, free trip to Europe if I just ask people for money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just like crucial moments in the training like that really made me question like why I was going on this trip like when we had to form our testimonies Mm. like I was like I don't even know what goes into this and kind of just wrote like a sob story about a difficult thing in my life and was like but God Mm. right at the end and and I was like I don't know why that didn't come into question at the time but (laughs) (laughs) all I have to say is God is sovereign because there are a lot of red flags in my own personal life as to why I shouldn't have been allowed to go on that trip all of this is like (laughs) like Brooklyn and Zach are like taking notes like okay we gotta like tighten up the process Gwen's our case study for why our training is actually good now (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so yeah just kind of had those moments but still was like I'm gonna go like I I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, literally just on like the plane ride there was just like, like was just kind of in this, like, like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Mm. Like kind of mm. like panic almost. Yeah. Mm. And was like, well, like no going back now. Oh man. I'm going to be in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
But then when, and this is, uh, I believe with all short-term teams that, that, that come to JV, you're, you're forced, you're, whoa, the first portion of the time <laughs> that, that you're there is spent training with JV. It's okay, well, been, you know, they, JV meaning? Oh, Josiah Venture. Gotcha. It's a okay. mission organization that we partner with to go to Latvia. Latvia, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and our church has had a partnership with them for a long time. And yeah, before you go to the camps, before you interact with any of the students, you spend a couple of days in the capital Riga. And okay. where Josiah Venture is basically like, this is our mission. This is what we're asking you to do. Like, mm. this is why it's important. And like, here's how you show the gospel. Mm. And talking about stuff about their culture and and all of that too. It's also kind of like a team bonding yeah. type of time. How many? Like how long is that? Days or? Uh, I want to say it's like two days, okay. one night. Okay. Yeah, maybe three days, one night. Okay. Yeah, the first day you get into Latvia is kind of a blur. You've been gotcha. traveling for twenty four hours yeah. and haven't really slept. So, <laughs> oh, man, they don't okay. they don't give you too much training then. <laughs> okay. Um. And I was just really like thinking about everything that they were saying to me in the training, thinking about like, I I heard the gospel in training to share the gospel in a way I'd never heard it before. And Mm. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Wow. Um, The way that they talk about discipleship was... Hang on, before you go on, I want to hear like, what what do you remember about the way they described or articulated the gospel Mm. that was, that had a freshness or a newness for you? I think that what I heard growing up was Jesus died for your sins and he loves you, so believe in him. Okay. And what I heard at JV was just this was just this beautiful story that spans across the whole Bible mm. of God creating humanity with intention and with purpose and not like to be damned necessarily, mm-hmm. but but creating them with with intention and with purpose and having this beautiful design for the world and then that being totally fractured and mm. destroyed. Mm. And then God's journey still not abandoning humanity, but walking alongside them, wanting to bring him, bring them back to himself. Yeah. And then him ultimately doing that through his son Jesus. Mm. And I I just had never seen the gospel through the whole story before and it's probably because I'd never really been listening Mm. so yeah to be in this situation where like they're just laying it out and they're they're kind of equipping you for how you're gonna go and and share about this yeah and so in that I'm like okay well I need to know what I'm gonna say yeah yeah (laughs) and so and so I'm really paying attention to this for the first time and Mm. and it's just like whoa like this is actually something that that's not just in four books at the beginning of the New Testament Mm -hmm. yeah but is a story that spans throughout. And that that was really impactful for me at the beginning of the trip and was just something I, I was meditating on throughout. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So then um, was there kind of um, a significant change or shift in your thinking and your relationship to Jesus uh, during that training or later on in the camp or like, what would you describe that, that trip? And it, not that it, I'm expecting that it would be one particular moment. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. It's just interesting to me how God draws us to him and gives us this understanding of the gospel and this acceptance of it and this trust in him, sometimes in like weird stages and out of, Mm -hmm. you know, the order that you would think. And so I'm just, how did that come together for you? Like on this, on this trip? Yeah. So 
I kind of had like a, like, this is, this is interesting and I'm going to give more thought to a moment at training, but okay. that wasn't, I would say like the moment that I necessarily was, was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to trust in this, mm-hmm. but more, I'm going to, I'm going to table this and, and give some more thought to it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So once we got to the camp and started being introduced to the campers, like I just was in a an environment I'd never experienced before. Mm. I was around all of these like students who who really like just wanted to get to know me and spend time with me and cared about what I had to say. Mm. And that was just something that was really weird. Mm. It was really it was really weird for me to be in almost like a leadership yeah. sort of position. Yeah. Um and so and so each night they're asking me questions about the talks that, that we just had, the, the sermons that we just had. And I was like, okay, I need to think of an answer for this. Yeah, were you paying attention now? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they're like throughout the week, um, just a couple students that I made close connections with, like they're, they're kind of processing with me all that they feel like that the Lord is, is doing in their lives and, and teaching them and, mm. and things that are challenging them and them coming in and wanting to process that with me kind of resulted in me having to process it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like, okay, well, and now I need to like, like really be thinking about this. Mm. And, and I was just, I was thinking about the worship. I was thinking about the way that we interacted with each other. I was just like, I was just kind of thinking about everything that, that we were doing. And, um, and at the end of the week, we had a sort of gospel maze type of night. I really okay. don't know how else to describe it. It's similar to our church's Stations of the Cross okay. in the sense that you you go to different rooms and it's kind of like a building up, like 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 you're processing mm-hmm. things throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. But um, at ours, it's processing the talks throughout the whole week. Okay. And we set that up, um, the American team did, and, and kind of walked through it briefly. And... Yeah, then then the students kind of walk through it. It's kind of like a slow, very personal and reflective thing. Yeah. So they kind of drift through it one by one. And then at the end um, of the labyrinth is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, uh, all the team members are waiting at a campfire, you know, just to hang out with them, have s'mores, maybe do worship mm-hmm. and to talk to students if they want. Yeah. Well, one student that I really, really connected with at that camp, she, she comes out of the labyrinth and just pulls me aside and she's like, I really need to talk to you mm. and just starts pouring out like her heart for me and how she has felt just like, like she's felt and understood Jesus in a way that, that she never had before in her life. And, mm. and, and she's very emotional and, and I'm, and I'm comforting her and I'm talking to her and she's like, would you pray with me that mm. I would receive Jesus? Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this was like the scariest thing that someone had asked <laughs> me to do the whole week. I feel like goosebumps, like that moment, like yeah. imagining that even now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I just I put my arm around her and and I just start praying for her. and 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 kind of like the things that I was praying I was like 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 praying that like that she'd be filled with the spirit and all this kind of stuff things that I was praying I was like oh my gosh I need this for myself mm. and so in my head as I'm praying I'm like I'm having like a two time dialogue being yeah. like <laughs> I say something and in my head I'm like me too me too yeah. <laughs> and and that was I would say mm. like probably the biggest and most impactful moment for me wow. of 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 kind of accepting Jesus with this student mm. and wow. and kind of their journey 
that week at Camp Through the Faith, like being super impactful for mine. Wow. And just, and getting in real time, I guess you could say, to witness God working in someone else's life, like how he uses that to to just work within our own. Hmm. And yeah, after that trip, um, I was like, okay, I am really going to have to give up some things. Hmm. Because I... I like to think of myself as not a very lukewarm person, but okay. as an all in or, or all out okay. type of type of girl. But I I was confronted with this reality where like I couldn't I could no longer be like one foot in the door and one foot out mm. of church and of mm. and, and, and of a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Like I was like, I'm either stepping fully in after what I've seen, or I have to say, I do not believe that what I saw was real. Mm. And I have to walk away from this. And just on that plane ride home was like, I'm going all in. (laughs) And like made all these plans. I was like, I need to cut this out of my life. Like I need to stop doing this and da da. And I was like, and it's just gonna be all for Jesus. And and I wish I could say that it was a hundred percent successful. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The it was it was a journey after that of of me, like I came home and I was like, I need mentors Mm. and just, just grabbed like my small group leaders and, and, and different pastors at our church. I was like, whoever will meet with me, Mm. like, like just talk to me, just pour into me, Mm. like, like give me, give me whatever you have. Like I I wanted, (laughs) just, just tell me how to do this. And yeah. So, so kind of really gravitated Mm. to them and, and got really involved in serving and mm. got really involved in high school group and and even just changed the way I I lived at school a lot of my friend groups changed at school mm. um well tell me about that like tell me about just kind of navigating that you you you've gone through this really powerful experience that that wasn't just like this intense thing and then it was over but this but it's changed your outlook on life. It's changed your priorities. It's changed what you view as important and what you're giving time and energy to. Mm-hmm. You come back and like that's going to have an effect on every relationship you have, both family and mm-hmm. friends. And mm-hmm. so tell me whatever comes to mind about that coming back and like those various relationships in life and maybe positives or negatives or difficult things, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you had to kind of deal with. Yeah. The relationships um, from my church family were, were very welcoming and, and took very positively dramatic shifts, I would say, mm. of just me and my friends now, like, being committed to growing closer to Christ together. Yeah. But my relationships at school, it was a lot more of a negative thing, mm. I would say. Um, just because of of the activities I had gotten involved in with my friends and stuff, like a lot of our hangout time would kind of be centered around doing substances together. Okay. And if you're changing the way you live, like how do you, I tried to still go and hang out with them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's completely different. If If what... If what is if what your world is now revolving around is completely different than theirs, and mm-hmm. then those those worlds have a really difficult time meshing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I almost I realized I I almost didn't even like know these people. Mm. Like we just hung out and would and would get high. Yeah. And and then 
yeah, that was, mm. that was pretty much it. And, yeah. and I considered them my, my closest friends and, and came back and I was like, I like really don't know anything about you guys. Mm. And you guys don't really know anything about me. Mm. And like, there's, there's not really a big part of our relationship where we're trying to get to know each other. Yeah. We're just doing these things together. So we're not doing it alone. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah. Did you find at that point that like, um, you drifted from those friendships because you were kind of losing interest in that time? Or did you feel like you were being pushed away because you were no longer doing or participating in the same way in your times with them? You know, did you feel like a push away from them or was it more um, a, a, a stepping back on your part? It was definitely both. Okay. There was, there was a, there was a number of ones that I wasn't as close with and they definitely were just pushed away and, and I wasn't, overly bothered i mean it kind of hurt but i was like i don't even know what i would do if i hung out with you anyways now (laughs) so so it was kind of like okay Mm. um but there was a couple that i was a little bit more close to that as i kind of pulled away they kind of like almost followed Mm. in a sense and were very interested in what i had to say about spiritual things Mm. because i would say that they were kind of in the camp that I was before I went on that trip Mm. in that I believe that there's a deity and I believe in a spiritual realm Mm -hmm. and, and I, I enjoy thinking and talking about morally good and bad things, Mm -hmm. but, but no, but no relationship with Jesus there. Yeah. And this is actually kind of interesting. I don't know if I've ever told you on this story before. Um, I was really involved in art at my school. So did, photography, poetry, all that kind of stuff. Okay. That was the whole that was the whole shebang and friend group I was kind of involved in. Okay. Um and yeah, my I came back my junior year and my photography teacher and I ended up just getting into these really big theological debates in class. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what, and what school of thought were they coming from? A Christian one with, I would say, some more progressive-leaning beliefs. Gotcha. But I took so much away from that time. Hmm. Because a lot of the stuff that I was working on in that photography class was just, I take the photos, I edit it, and my work doesn't really have to be done in class. Okay. And so, yeah, we would all just, I would sit down at his desk, and then kind of my friends would all just start pulling up chairs, too. (laughs) And we would all just... For the show. Classic. (laughs) And we would just start, like talking about different things in the Bible, different things about God and Jesus mm. and and politics, a mm. lot of politics. <laughs> and and kind of just hash it out wow. in front of in front of everyone. And people around us would kind of would kind of give their input and stuff too. But mm-hmm. that was kind of that kind of became the way that I that I really interacted with those friends. Because mm. although they were not interested in Jesus at all because if they follow Jesus and they would have to follow the Bible and that would change a lot of ways that they were living. Yeah. Um, they were, they were very, they were very interested in spiritual things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and wanted to talk about it and wanted to, to understand. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. for that, a remnant of my school friends and I continued to hang out. Okay. Um, kind of through the end of my, my, my time at, at high school, but Yeah, when I when I left for Bible college, well, yeah, I don't know how much I have time to share, but but um but it became so much more important to me hmm. 
than even it was when I was in high school. Hmm. And and knowing more and more about the Bible and knowing more and more about what it said and knowing what's at stake, hmm. I couldn't not be with my friends hmm. and not share the gospel with them. Hmm. And so it was actually more after I returned from semester breaks on Bible college that that even that group began to disperse. Okay. Because no longer could we just sit and talk about spiritual things because I was like, you're missing the thing. Mm, like, yeah. like you're missing the thing. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna feel not I'm gonna feel, but but I just I just know what's at stake and mm. I and I care about you too much to not to not talk about it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Boy. Um so you went to Bible college for two years. We're kind of like, well, why, why, why did you go to Bible college? What, what were you like kind of thinking? <laughs> I'm going to go to Bible college Sorry. so that blank. Okay. Um, I would like to give a disclosure. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I laughed because I, I know where we're going. When, when Gwen got saved, she also had a lot of unsound theology. Okay. <laughs> That's common, I'm sure. Um. And yeah, that is what I will say to begin. Um, so I guess I should say initially I had decided to go to GCU. Okay. Because yeah, after I got saved, I was like, this is my whole life now. Mm-hmm. And, and as I just was walking with the Lord through my final years of high school, I just realized I like couldn't do anything else with my life. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I, I have to do ministry mm. and like, like I have to study more of God's word. Like I have to know this more mm-hmm. because, because, because what I believe it changes, it changes completely everything and it's mm. going to completely change how I live. Mm-hmm. And so even if I did go into a secular job, which I had no desire to, um, I was like, I still need to know about this. Mm-hmm. I still need to know about this because this is still going to inform this. But yeah, um, and my my mentors and stuff were all encouraging me to go to go to Bible college as well, um, and and to get that that kind of education. And GCU just seemed like the obvious choice because mm-hmm. I was like, I can drive back and be a part of Red Mountain yeah. still because I can come back and and probably serve, you know, maybe once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. I was hoping maybe I could do some kind of internship and stuff, and I was like, and I'm just gonna work at Red Mountain until I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like had made a down payment to GCU and was was getting roommates arranged and, and housing and stuff. And so I was I was committed. Okay, I had all the, the free lope merch that they give you when okay. you say yeah. like when you pay whatever amount. Yeah. Um and then the day after I graduated high school, I got an email from a random Bible college in California that I had literally forgotten I had applied to. Oh. This Bible college was Calvary Chapel Bible College. Okay. <laughs> and the email was basically like, hey, don't forget we accepted you. Like, oh. are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, am I coming? And I want to be really careful to how I say this, but but it was it was just like like one of those moments where you just feel God speaking something to you. Hmm. And I just got this overwhelming feeling that I just needed to step out in faith hmm. to a school that I knew nothing about, a state away, like 
no one in my family had had been a part of anything with them. Like this was just this this random school that I submitted an application to because of COVID. They were doing free admissions, hmm. so I was like, might as well just chew one out there. And I was like, okay, step out in faith, and kind of had like a freak out for a couple days, and then just the two months of summer, like scrambled everything together to wow. make it work wow. and. And yeah, like went out on a tour in July, like a couple weeks before I was going to move there. Oh my gosh. Like, make sure this isn't anything super weird. <laughs> um, make sure there's a building there. <laughs> <laughs> make sure there's actually a building here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, went. And I got there and was like, okay, now here's where the bad theology comes in. I was like... I'm just going to become a lead pastor and I feel called to church planning ministry. So I'm going to get all this training here and then I'm going to come back and work in my church. And then I'm going to go plant a church and be the lead pastor. <laughs> um, and I should say that 50% of my Bible po- Bible college population was homeschooled. Okay. <laughs> and it was a very like different culture than what I had come from. Oh, sure. At Red Mountain. And... Oh my gosh, the reactions people would have when I would tell them that. I'd multiple like Theo bros like sit down and be like, let me tell you why everything you believe is a lie. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? Oh, man. <laughs> and so, yeah, the first semester at Bible college was just me being like, okay, wait, why do I actually believe all these things about the Bible? And like, why do I, why do I want to be a lead pastor? Why do I want a church plant? Why do I, all these kinds of things. And yeah, was super hard, egalitarian and, and all of those kinds of things. And, and just like day after day, I would just go and sit in our school's coffee shop and just like like open up the passage in first Corinthians that, that talks about like women wearing head coverings. Oh boy. Yeah. And I would just sit down and be like, okay, what does this mean? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, if I'm going to study this, like I, like, like this is what I'm giving myself to. And like, how can I, how can I like commit all of myself to studying this book? And then like almost kind of like contortion around all of the things that it says that I disagree with. Mm. And so, yeah, my first semester of Bible college was just a lot of wrestling and a lot of just grappling with the text, the hard stuff that I wasn't necessarily like being taught about, yeah. you know, in, in high school and stuff that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. And Calvary Chapel. And Tr- Zach, do you know, are they John MacArthur folks? No, not John MacArthur, um, but definitely they have their own brand, I okay. would just say. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry for that little rabbit trail. No, <laughs> I'm just trying to get a no, little bit of context for myself. No, there's a little bit myself. of separate. They're, they're not. Cal- they're definitely much more charismatic than a John MacArthur. Are they? Okay. Branch would mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Their big thing is is end time stuff. Okay. Yeah. Super pre mill dispensationalist. Okay. Yeah. That's their. That's their big thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so then, in in the face of kind of like what you are hearing from them and versus what you came in really fired up about. You're asking all these questions. Where does that eventually kind of lead you to 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 sh- to make your direction? Um, you still figuring I, that out? Maybe. <laughs> I came to the conclusion that if I cared about being a teacher of the text, that I needed to 
honor it mm. and like like really submit to what it says. Because mm. if I'm asking people to be obedient to all of these commands and and I and I'm trusting that that God's design for humanity is more beautiful than anything mm. I could imagine or conjure up myself. Mm-hmm. Then I need to follow that. Mm. And so, yeah, it was a lot of um, one phrase that I've used uh, to describe the first semester that I had out there was uh, God really leveled every single hill that I was ready to die on. <laughs> That's so a great all of expression. these things that I came fired tweet up that. about. That's a good tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of these things that I came just so like fired up about and like, and I'm going to do this and I'm ready to do this and I'm going to go, you know, plant my own church. I'm going to be the next upper room or whatever. Mm. And like all of those hills just, mm. just leveled. But, but not because the, the Theo bro sat and argued with me in the library for, for two hours. Yeah. But because like God just so tenderly mm. and like gently just was like, no, but what I have is better. Mm. And like, and keep on digging in and keep on studying the word because, mm. because what I have is more beautiful mm. and there's, and there's so much purpose and intention in all of it. And it's mm. all going to be more beautiful than what you thought. Mm. Amen. And so, yeah. And then kind of moving into my second semester, um, I was like, well, what am I going to do with my summer? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like four months away. Um, and was like, was in conversation with some people here and... Uh, they were like, well, you could you could come out and do like a summer internship with us. And I was like, oh, this would be awesome. Like I get to go back with, with my old church and 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 serve with them. Um, but just like didn't have this this really this piece about it. And uh then and this is this is one of those crazy like full circle moments. Okay. Uh a guy named Liam Gasper, who is on staff with Josiah Venture in Latvia, who had only known me for that for that week or so in 2019, where I was just a total wreck, <laughs> <laughs> reaches out to me and is like, hey, are you interested in coming out and interning with us this summer in Latvia? Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> wow. And that is just, that's just one of those things that, that only God could do. Because mm. to have the, <laughs> the, week it, the week or so I did out there, and then I don't, like for him to just, I think he was in conversation with a couple of, of the leaders mm-hmm. uh, here at mm-hmm. this church, and yeah. to just hear her being like, she's really gr- changed, like, like she's grown and all this kind of stuff. And, and him just being like, well, like, like maybe, like feeling like I would be someone that he wants to invite out there. Yeah. And yeah, just that. And like, that's, that's something only God could do. And, and so I ended what up was deciding. I, I, yeah, I assume you mm-hmm. took that. So what was, what did that involve? What is like, uh, what was the, what was the training or the internship or what was the nature of all that? <clears throat> it was awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it was kind of, it's a longer, more involved version. You're still doing camps, okay. um, but you're doing multiple camps and you're kind of like this third team, like on behalf of Josiah Venture, that's 
working with the local church and with the short-term team that's coming. Oh, okay. And it's these three entities that are that are coming together that are that are putting on the camp. And so I went from being the short-term that was there to being the on behalf of Josiah Venture there. Okay. And so we're bringing a lot of camp supplies. We're doing a lot of prep beforehand, game planning, all of that kind of stuff. Our invi- our involvement in each camp changed. Okay. Um, like camp to camp. Okay. Depending on on how big the team that we was. Some some camps we didn't even have a short term team. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, it was kind of just like a longer a longer version almost, just on a completely different side. Okay. Um, and a lot more involvement with the local church, hmm. which was so awesome. And yeah, that summer just, it set my heart on fire for something in ministry that I never thought it would. Hmm. And that was missions. Hmm. And even though I no longer was like, oh, I'm going to be a lead pastor. You know, I still was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll do like, I'll do youth. I'll, I'll still be a part of a church plant somehow, all this kind of stuff. But I still was very like States focused. Okay. And which is kind of interesting seeing as like my, my kind of like, like my big, like come to Jesus moment was in another country. I was (laughs) like, okay, that was awesome. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah. And that, that, that summer, the Lord just really just grew my heart, you know, for the nations Mm. and, and coming back and, Going back to Bible college and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of just been like the Lord has just continued to grow that and stir that ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even coming back here has been a has been a little part of that. And okay, when did you get back here again? Here, here, yeah, or like, he, here in Arizona? Yeah, here in Arizona. Like, when did you come back to Red Mountain? Like to where yeah, you're at? Here I came back in May. <clears throat> okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then has has missions really kind of been? Uh, your primary focus uh, now still yeah mm-hmm. okay so tell me about um because w- i understand that you've got this this minister in training program mm-hmm. that you're a part of and like when uh like the first i heard of it was i think at the last uh, pastor elder meeting i was like <laughs> oh what's this this sounds because like, because yeah. i'm used to hearing about like interns it's like a like, secret menu item <clears throat> yeah yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> um <laughs> So it's 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 different from an internship. It sounds like, yeah, um, it's a little more similar to a residency in the sense of like the time that you're spending. Okay. Um, yeah. So, hmm. do you want me to share about what the role is? Or? Please do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Basically, it's the program is built over the span of, of roughly two years. The first year being to spend um, a couple months in every single area of ministry at our church. Whoa. Learning, growing, just kind of like figuring out like, like what does the church do? Why are all of these positions so important? And wow. like, and who are the people that that they're reaching out to? And what are the things and the events and stuff that they're that they're putting on? And and like, how do we all come together as like with all these crazy different roles and be and be one team? Yeah, wow. You know, and so that's kind of what I'm in right now. Okay. And, and that, what what ministries have you sampled so far? Oh, a sample. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. 
I've done stuff with high school ministries, junior high. Um, I did some stuff with missions over the summer. Uh, and then I've been with facilities. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been with women's ministry, worship ministry, and uh, hospitality ministry. Wow. That's already a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, she's kind of in two at a time. Like each month, oh. she'll, she'll spend kind of like a few hours in each, in two areas of ministry. Mm-hmm. Are you, Zach, you know if she's the first to do this thing, whatever this. Yeah, yeah. She's basically, we kind of had a soft launch last year and. Okay. Uh, just didn't work out, and so okay. um, this is kind of the first full fledged go. We we wow. didn't even get to this level of like spending time in different ministries last yeah. year. So this is really she's the she's the true guinea pig. Wow, <laughs> super cool. <laughs> yeah. So as you as you're in the midst of all this, with all that's come before, and still with that the the missions being like a, a you know your your primary passion, is that where you at just from this point? Not I'm not committing you to the rest of your life, but like at this point. Is that where you see yourself going? Is is uh, is missions of some kind? A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. What? Yeah. What do you speculate or imagine that that would be like? Like, is there a country? Is there a place or or a type of people or? Well, that's partly the reason why I returned back to Red Mountain from Bible College. Mm. Is because God just opened up this this next door because I really was at a spot where I wasn't sure. I knew I wasn't supposed to go back to Bible college, but I also didn't have like this specific country that I felt like the Lord was calling me to. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like a missions organization that I knew I wanted to serve with. Mm -hmm. I just knew I really cared about doing missions. And I also feel like I am not fully equipped Mm -hmm. to go out yet. Mm -hmm. And then this opportunity arose and it's just this space just to learn about all the different facets of the local church, which will inherently equip me for missions. Oh, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And and I also get to spend this time just praying and, and holding it before the Lord. Like, Lord, where would you have me go? Who would you have me serve? Mm. And so I've really been bringing that before the Lord since, since May, like super diligently. Like, okay, I'm back here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Now, where do you want to send me next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which... Partly, I have had to repent of because the Lord really does have me here in Mesa right now, mm-hmm. and I want mm-hmm. to be faithful to all that He has me here in. Yeah, um, that's great. Because it's going to be like just as much ministry as whatever I'm doing overseas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, recently I have kind of begun to feel my heart stirred for kind of the like Eurasia type region. From basically like Poland to almost China, all of these okay. all of these countries are um, are post Soviet, and have really only had a lot of um, them their their independence for like thirty years. Yeah, and as a mm. result of that, the Russian language, I believe, is kind of the key to missions over there. Huh? Because knowing Russian, you can go to so many different countries, mm. and and in this region, there's 300 plus unreached people groups. Oh wow! And and the Muslim religion has come in and taken over mm. in a lot of these countries since since the Soviet hmm. pulled out. And so, yeah, I've kind of that's been that's been the big thing that I've been praying about and 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 holding before the Lord. Now now what he's gonna 100 percent do with that, and which country in that area he's gonna send me to, I'm not sure. And and I'm not 
sure that it's going to be just one. Mm-hmm. Because one of my biggest wrestles with thinking about missions has been language. Mm. Because I think that my giftings lie in someone who who goes to a place and mobilizes. Okay. And and starts something and raises people up and yeah. then is like, now, now go. Yeah. I can just see that in your personality. <laughs> oh yeah. It's very it's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> and and as I was praying about missions, I was holding that before the Lord. I was like, God, how can I how can I go to different areas, maybe even different countries, if I have to learn a new language mm. each place I go? Oh yeah. Because to mm. be like even conversationally fluent for most languages will take about two years. Mm. And and then to learn the nuances and theological terms oh, in boy. another language, like missionaries are fighting their own battle <laughs> oh, to to try and learn those in a different language. Um, yeah, because each each language got their own Christianese. <laughs> yeah, boy. And so, yeah, that was just something I was I was really wrestling with. And so, like for a second, I was like, maybe a missionary school, and I just speak English and mm-hmm. and train all these people who already who already know English and. And then my, and then the Lord just kind of brought my eyes to this whole area that is speaking a different language than me, but still pretty much one language. Hmm. Obviously, like since since the Soviets have left, a lot of them have begun to use like like their national tongue again, mm-hmm. but still large amounts of Russian speakers, and if not primarily a Russian speaker, they know Russian. Okay, and so. I think with with English in one hand and with Russian in other, mm. like there's going to be the ability to communicate yeah. to a lot of different people. Yeah, wow. And so that's kind of the area that I'm thinking and 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 the Lord has led me to and I'm and I'm holding it before him now and saying, Okay, okay like this is this is the next big thing you showed me and and now I, I will wait. Wow. <laughs> I'll wait until until you continue to grow that and develop wow. that. Well, I'll be interested to hear just kind of like where this develops. I want to, you know, catch up with you at some point, maybe at the close of your your time in the MIT program and just mm-hmm. kind of hear, or maybe we'll, uh, maybe there'll be a, I don't know, a sending Sunday. Well, Who knows? Lord willing, we may be sending her out at the end of it. That's Oh, that would be great. Big, yeah. So, I will definitely be sitting uh, sitting up and, and attentive <laughs> to find out kind of where the Lord seems to lead you and all that. Zach, did you have anything that we, that we didn't cover that you want to touch on? No, it's just a joy. To, I've gotten to walk closely with Gwen. I got here her when she had just graduated, basically. Um, me and Sydney got here to Red Mountain and met her and told her she needed to leave Red Mountain to go to school. Um, and it's just been a joy to like walk with her from afar while she was at school and now having her back. Uh, Gwen's a blessing to everyone she interacts with, as you can just tell in this conversation, and yeah. just stirs you. And you're not always always sure why, but you're like, yes, I will go run through a brick wall, whatever you say. <laughs> um, and just to watch the Lord's just work in her life over the past two years has been just a joy. And so just to get to sit back and hear her share it and hear new things and know that other people are going to be just as encouraged as I've gotten to be um, over the past few years is just a, a unique blessing. So yeah, just very proud of you, Gwen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Gwen, this has been freaking fun. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really enjoyed this. So thank you very much for walking out on the skinny branch and, and doing this with us. It's been great to just kind of hear all that God has brought you through. And I, there's so many different facets of it. And I think those listening, there's going to be so many people that can connect with different, yeah. different parts, maybe of your story. There's just a lot there. So thanks so much for, for sharing. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This has been fun. <laughs> 
Well, like, I mean, I say this, I say this with like every episode, I think, but I mean, that really was a great, I'm going to use a different word. That was a, that was an awesome conversation. Yeah. That was like a, like a, um, a, a rejuvenating, energizing yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, not just because of Gwen's personality, but because of her story and what yeah. she shared. Um, what would be maybe one thing that, that stood out to you from our time talking to Gwen? The main thing is her, her phrase that she said, like occurred to her at, her first semester where all of her, the Lord leveled all the hills she was willing to die on. Yeah. I think I've lived through that. And then I really think that's a great way, like not to just think through like the different theologies or worldviews we hold to that have to be leveled, but that is just the Christian life as you come to another hill in your life that you haven't realized you're either even willing to die on. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like a habit you have or a sin pattern in your life and it needs to be leveled. And that's just, that's kind of a great way to describe the Christian life is this constant lifelong Lord leveling of your hills that you were willing to die on. You realize not worth it if I'm going to hold on to him. And so I just, I just love that. I think that'll stick with me for a long time. Yeah. A great expression. Very tweetable. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. And I, I think kind of related to that is what generally stood out to me. And that is that, um, she, just had a very, her story and her walk with the Lord is just unconventional in a number of ways. Yeah. Um, it's just not kind of like the typical norm of what you hear from someone that uh, was not raised in the church and came to know the Lord or who was raised in the mm-hmm. church, you know, and, and what their experience was. It was yeah. like its own thing. And and she also had, um, in, in addition to those unconventional elements, she had these various times where she was like, okay, I'm going for this and then that was that direction was just closed down to her mm-hmm. you know and so and that I really connect with that as well having gone through a number of seasons where I was like okay this is what the Lord wants me to do definitely yep. and then I do it for a little bit and the, the Lord's like no I just wanted you to do that for a little bit not mm-hmm. to go the distance with it or whatever and and but you know to it's inspiring to see how uh, how she's not discouraged by that. She just rolls with it. You know, it. she just rolls with it. I, I really could learn from that a lot. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, it was just, yeah, that was fantastic. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it then for this episode of the Red Mountain Community Church Podcast. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also leave us comments and suggestions to help make the show better. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on the next episode. And if by chance you want more of me, blabbing on topics relevant to Christian geeks, you can check out my personal weekly show, The Christian Geek Central Podcast. In the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. And I'm Zach Hollyfield. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday.